Hey everyone, thank you for joining the Hunt Fish Thrive podcast. This is episode six. I'm Wes, co-founder and media producer for the Hunt Fish Thrive podcast. And in this episode, we are gonna call this Rabbit Trails. There are times where we are gonna be discussing um, a number of things that deal specifically with hunting and fishing and those experiences out in nature. And sometimes uh, we will meander into a number of topics which we do in this episode. So you can go look in the show notes and see exactly what we're talking about. I have those listed and uh, with the times. And so jump in from there or just feel free to listen to it all. We thank you so much for joining us. And now here's episode six. Sheriff Longmire claimed that ancient, that he claimed that ancient cultures or maybe even all ancient cultures had this person. Mm-hmm. That the one we're most familiar with is the court jester. And that we may actually even have it in modern times. Joe Rogan and now Dave Chappelle may be examples. Now Joe Rogan might have known he would become that. Dave Chappelle may have had no idea, or others. They may have just got started being funny. But the court jester, the entertainer, was the one person who could knock the king down a couple of notches. Which, um, Gad Said is a, a guy, and that's how it's his... That's how he knocks people down. He says he uses he has to use mockery. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not saying he's right. I'm just saying no. And and that's a, you know uh, in fact so in my understanding the reason the the warrior or the jester it is my understanding some of this I might have invented I don't really don't remember they have to be more mocking the more of a domineering situation they're speaking into. So so the court jester could use or had to use mockery to knock the king down because the king was the king. Mm -hmm. The king's advisor couldn't say, hey bro, um, that's cool that you want to go invade that country and take that over. But you know, the people aren't really for it. And it's probably not going to go very well, to be quite honest. The, the king's advisor might not be able to say that to him. But the court jester could create a little skit that made the leader look power hungry and the people were making fun of him in the, in the setting that he created in his little skit. And the king understood that that was communicating a message, or at least a good king did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was a well-understood social construct, right? So this guy, what did you say his name was? Uh, he is, a, a, he's like an Iranian Jew. Okay, but what did you say his name was? Um, his name is Saad. Okay. Saad, it's S-A-A-D or something like that. Yeah. And he's... So he might would say, because we know mockery... Um, is not an ideal communication form. Mm-hmm. And we know, I mean, I'm very adamant that the Bible clearly defines, in Proverbs, it talks a lot about the fool and it 
in some places defines the fool is a person who enjoys mockery. Um, which is why the court jester is also called the fool. But, but this, so the contrary warrior was the fool. But the difference is he was doing it on purpose to make a point. So the contrary warrior wore his clothes backwards. He would often walk backwards. He would sit on his horse backwards. Um, he might even shoot at his own people in a battle. But it did have an intention. It was to f discomfort does force introspection. Now the purpose of that introspection. <laughs> I'll give you an example. The per real quick, the purpose of that introspection, like sometimes clients will look at me and I'll kind of do this contrarian thing with them and they'll say, so are you saying I'm wrong? And I sometimes I might even say, no, I agree with you a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. But I think, you need to, I think you need to chew on it some more. And that that chewing on it will nuance your perspective. And maybe even more so, it will, it will affect your implementation of that perspective. So you may still, let's say it's about something goofy a teenager did. And I sort of make it seem like their teenager's not bad at all for doing that thing. Um, and then I may say, oh no, we absolutely got to stop that behavior. But by chewing on it, you will stop that behavior. And I hated this word when my first counselor used it with me. And now I love this word. You will stop that behavior more gently, but with more resolve. You will not have to use anger to fuel your resolve. You will use the confidence that you have simply done your due diligence. That will give you a resolve. Because that's what anger is often doing. Anger, mm -hmm. anger has a job. It's to, it's to suggest to us that, that we believe something wrong has occurred. And I say believe because we just don't have to argue about whether or not it has or hasn't. You, you feel that way, that a wrong has occurred. So the contrary warrior, anyway, the point is, you know, it's my understanding that this entity has existed. And, and it's why, you know, I remember hearing, I still hear it now and again. I just don't r roll in these circles probably, but in the 90s when I rolled in the, in a, in a in a, a very staunchly applying group of Christian folks. Um, I'm saying that for the listener's benefit, you know, because you were there with me. Uh, I'm just not trying to, you know, call people out. Um, one of the common things is, is you know, um, not only actors and musicians, why are they speaking into these social political issues? But I can even remember one instance this person's not even an act. They're not even a legitimate entertainer. They're a comedian. And yet, social anthropology, I don't know if it'd be social anthropology, historical sociology, I don't know what that's called, uh, would suggest to us that that's been a long-held practice. Mm -hmm. and, and it being long-held doesn't make it right, but it should cause us to highly consider uh, a, a perfect example uh, being uh, uh, Mark Twain, a satirist. Mm -hmm. Satire had a social and political purpose. I mean, satire mm -hmm. was maybe that, that genre of mm -hmm. literature during the Enlightenment um, may have been one of the most pronounced examples of it being overtly. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm being funny to make a point that you don't want to hear, you know. 
And we probably have returned to that and just don't realize it. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, and it's tough because, you know, qualifications, some of that, you know, to, to speak into that. I mean, that can, that can be tough. But well, sometimes also, you can get them speaking about stuff that they're just yeah. not, they're, they're kind of leading astray inadvertently. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I think that, um, you know, um, where else are we going to go when, we're, when we have a society at each other's throats? And I tell you, you know? what, what a great statement. I've always heard, okay, I always got to be careful with my labels here. I'm not trying to stereotype, I'm just trying to make it simple for folks to visualize. We've all, I think, had a tendency to hear high on the hill folks. Okay. Uh, older. Yeah. More conservative leaning, more Christian identifying folks really bad mouth the media. When I started in my counseling practice hearing failure to launch 23-year-old young males doing that, it really threw me for a loop because they were often arguing with these older, more Christian, more conservative people, but then saying the exact same things about the media. And you just said it. What I realized, and, and I think somebody said these words to, you know, they gave me my light bulb. Where else am I going to go to attempt to find valid information? Okay, now that is a fascinating concept to explore and realize that the disdain, mockery, isn't the ideal way to express a distaste for something. But it is a very instinctual and rudimentary way. And if we're going to, if I or somebody, and I'm saying this presumptuously sort of on purpose and sort of mocking myself, but if I'm going to consider myself so enlightened, yeah. then I should be the one to understand, instead of badmouth that mockery or disdain, understand, okay, just like I would say a baby's not crying because it's evil, it just doesn't speak English, yeah. it doesn't know how to say Hey, I'm feeling discomfort in my nether regions. Um, but there's no doubt that, just, you know, like satire has returned uh, when you see the onion, which was a precursor to Babylon B, and there's probably others. I just don't want to see. I'm up. so uncool. I remember the onion, you but know? I don't even know. I've never even but, heard of Babylon B. Yeah. I'm so uncool. So, I mean, it's like literally 100% satire. And then what they did is they created another organization um, where they felt like it was so over the top, whatever. That it's called not the bee. So they're just kind of like they're kind of like we're. It sounds like this, but we can't put it on here because it's actually probably more true than you know than it is. So we'll just post it because by itself it's just freaking crazy. Um, but Babylon B, you know, is is interesting. One time, one of our kids that was an adult, but somebody that was now, or they were a kid when they were in our youth ministry, they were an adult now. And again, is anybody that listens to me? I, I might sound like I'm on surprising signs of the fence on some things. And, and I might be. I want to apologetically say that on some things. But a lot of times it's because... So mental health, one of the definitions of mental health, and this comes from uh, Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled, bestseller in 1982, so a very well-vetted work. Uh, psychologist, but a Christian. Became a psychologist in the Army anyway. I might have said some of that. See, I... 
I'm not, I, somebody's going to Google that and fact check me and I'm going to be <laughs> wrong. Because that's one of the stories, by the way. Second story. First story. I'm outside, I'm, I'm for, so he defined a mental health as the pursuit of reality at all costs. So sometimes if I'm playing devil's advocate, either on purpose or on accident, that, that's what I'm trying to get somebody to. The point is one of the stories on Facebook, I didn't know what I was doing. So one of our old kids posts a thing that, that basically, you know, makes a president of a party that, you know, should be on our side look like, you know, Superman with the economy and his replacement, who I guess is supposed to be presumed to be on the other side, uh, a demon it, to the economy. And, and it was this little article. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. I can't believe this. I want to know more about this. So, so I Googled these stats because I wanted to know more. And of course, they were 100% incorrect. Just, I mean, just there was, they were so unfactual. So because I love this student and because I saw this student, as, at least when they were in our ministry, as somebody that's very open-minded and, and craving of, of knowledge, which I foolishly uh, think sometimes about the world and, and then end up looking like kind of a condescending, corrective you know, jerk sometimes, but I really do do it in my innocence even though it's very unskilled often. But I respond with this lengthy comment that's basically an article on, on how I can appreciate, you know, what maybe she's trying to get at. I'm not, I don't even really care about her agenda there, but you know, it'd be a good idea to fact check it because, you know, some asinine things being said. Yeah. Not by her, but by the article. Well, I didn't realize how, like, reposts work. So this, of course, didn't go to her. It went like a message. It went to like the people who originally posted the article, and because at first I was like, "Wow, hmm. I didn't realize this person was this popular." Because they've got like a nineteen thousand comments. Whoa, and that's what it's like. And man, people are really saying the same things to her, this student that I'm saying. And then I realized it was. To the, yeah. to the fake, you know, fake news source that's over there laughing about all us idiots that spent all this time yeah. tracking down. The, the funny story that I just outed myself on is when I got called out big time. As I gave some quote about something to some mom and some son. Yeah. And the son rudely texts one of his friends, mm. I assumed, while he was saying it. And then he interrupts me and says, uh, that's not true. I just Googled it and da 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 yeah. Right. You know, and I was like, I had to up my game. Yeah. Now it did help me by the way, because now I unapologetically say, and in that case, I was able to be pretty nimble and say, you're right. Uh, uh, let's say, I don't remember what it was, but let's say I said, Albert Einstein said it mm-hmm. and, and he looked it up and it was, um, Thomas Edison and a couple of words I said weren't exactly right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the point remains, mm-hmm. you know, which is why you'll often hear me now because of that exact incident saying, somebody said, Thomas Edison, I think, but I can't really remember. We'll just say it was Thomas Edison. You don't have it. This always So if anybody me. out there fact checks me and I'm wrong, <laughs> I, I, I ask you to do two things. One, consider whether or not the point remains. And by the way, that which I would advocate is that being a skill with your loved ones because if I sit there with you in something and we get in the weeds on that, but we'd... We lost the point, and, and yeah. their point was still valid. Two, um, if it if the point doesn't remain, uh, before you make a negative comment on our public stuff, send me a private email, 
Becky Reeves at HuntFishThrive.com. Uh, and I'd love to discuss it because um, I have become very adept at eating my words because I've had to eat a lot of them over the years. So, so that's two, okay. Two thoughts. Yes. One is um, I'm shocked. So, you know, we homeschool and I'm the key administrator for my daughter's education. You know, she's a 16. And so, you know, um, I'm fascinated by the... Um, you know, just education, how you put it, programs are put together, and mm-hmm. you know, just test taking, and just kind of going back in that world or whatever. But um, um, you know, I'm lear- I'm relearning, if you will, or reapplying. Um, well, definitely relearning <laughs> algebra two. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. man, and mm-hmm. I at my age, almost forty four uh, in the summer, um, trying to care, taking notes, learning how to do something out of a particular section, and then three days go by. And I come back like, I don't remember how to do this again. And it, it doesn't take as long to whatever. But it's like, I would have failed a test today if they had just popped a test on me. Mm-hmm. But I learned it really well three days ago. And then, so I'm like, why in the world? You know, what is this about learning and then taking tests and passing, but knowing good and well that no one can pass this test next week. But I got the A when I needed it. This whole kind of like, Taking test in time, learning in time, in a certain time, and taking a test to show, to show prof- proficiency. I say all that because you said the reason you said is Thomas Edison versus so and so is that in our I think just as adults as we are ever learning and adding to our knowledge that yeah you know you quoting it when you had heard that early on you would have got it correct but now because it's been a month or it's added to your general understanding of things like you know this haha I got you. You know, it's like, I mean, maybe that's where we need to give grace when we're in those conversations because we're all in that same boat. And, you know, that's why Google can kind of, you can pull it up and prove people wrong. But I I don't know how much of that I got you that is. You know, it's like, um, does that make sense? Like, okay, you technically got me. But, I mean, the thing is, is like, that's not the point. Well, and by the way, the the, the mom got on the sun, you know, and I saw a look in his eyes of maybe like disappointment. Yeah. And, and I, I, I tried to do this as rarely as possible, but I interrupted her getting on to him and I asked him a question. I don't remember exactly what the question was, but come to find out, he wasn't trying to get me. I told the story in a way that kind of looked like that and I didn't mean to, so great yeah. point. Um, he wasn't trying to get me. He was intrigued by, I can't remember now what he said, but maybe yeah. like, oh, I want to make Well, out of his own I'll, interest, he looked it up. Yeah, he looked it up. Yeah. You know, and, and we were able, and, 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 we were, and I was like, I wonder if that ever happens at y'all's house. Mm-hmm. That you say something that sounds contradictory, mm-hmm. and you didn't mean it to be. Um, you, you're actually trying to connect with them. Uh, I don't know where this discussion is going to fall in our cadence of, of putting stuff out, but in the tale of two families. And I don't know about how you edited it exactly, but I jumped on my son during that, that, that interchange for saying something. And, and kind of got on him a little bit. And, and kind Which, of, but, basic, but it actually didn't make it in. Okay. It's not so, okay. But you can tell the story if you want. Well, I mean, and I don't even remember the details, right? Yeah. But and, and what but, you refer tell you should, we have to mention what you're referencing. Yeah. The, That's the, the previous of, it's the previous it's episode 3. Just so whoever's yes. coming in it's our, it's yeah. previous episode yeah. here to our podcast. Perfect. And uh, uh, you're talking to your son. Yeah, and and, you know? and he gives me a response that I think is um uh disrespectful is a too simplistic of a word, but but I'll just use it for now. And, um, and I kind of get on him right there in front of everybody on camera, you know, and, um, and then he's like, here's how I was trying to help the situation and you dad. 
you know, and it, and it was a, it was a good point. He's he still I've, I will defend myself a little bit that he still needed to learn some some skill there a little bit, but yeah. I mean, he's sixth grade, so uh, me too, by the way. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of this, um, a lot of this is about. Well, maybe that's why we want to talk about controversial stuff sometimes in Hunt Fish Thrive. Um, we're we're not necessarily going to be trying to weigh in. Um, but wrestling with this stuff emotionally and in our verbal and interactive skills um, are, is great practice for some very important conversations. Well, we right? often say that, you know, the, we, we, we kind of wrestle with how, you know, kind of the, how we go about it, should we go about it or whatever. And I think that a key thing we've kind of always come to is... Um, um, because no two people even agree ever the same. And no two people actually have the same education and all those types there's of things, right? There's lots of variables. I mean, there's all kinds of variables. The variables Algebra. actually just never end, actually. But, because here's but, the thing, to your, not to interrupt you, yeah. why it's wonderful you're studying Algebra too? because I say this in counseling sometimes, we are treating life as, is if, as if it's fifth grade math. And it's trigonometry. Right. Like there are so many factors and variables in the equation that, that's making that's our right. wife, our husband, our teenager, our, mm-hmm. our president, or whatever. There are so many factors feeding mm-hmm. into that. And just one of those factors being askew is causing the problem. Right. With our, not the problem with, we're not assuming what they're saying is even wrong, but the problem with our disconnection. Well, because like in algebra, an example is sometimes I tell my daughter without trying to give her the answer, I was like, um, your arithmetic's wrong. So, like, your process is right. The, your approach to answering is right, but I'm sorry, it's still wrong as a, an answer because the answer is supposed, you did this and that made it negative. It should be a positive. That's yeah, all it was. Very ridiculous. I get it. You know, it's ridiculous that that's wrong, but because um, that, that's where they have the, the properties, right? You can, you can, okay, if you have two negatives multiplied together, they become positive. But if you're doing ma- uh, adding or subtracting, yeah, it's yeah. not the same. Okay. Just things like that, right? Things like that. So i got to ask you, know? you something. Or say something to ask. Um, by the way, that's one of the things I use with teenagers that I counsel or my kids who aren't quite yet teenagers. But when they say they think they're the first person in the world to say, you know, math is useless and never use it in the real world. Yeah. Man, but attention to detail is. Yeah. I mean, not to be doomsday and catastrophic, because I do believe every mistake can be recovered from in life. But there are times where um, missing the negative or the positive, missing one tiny little detail, we're not a little wrong. We're just wrong and can really kind of screw up our life. Well, the other one, too, is what better place than Algebra 2 to allow them to struggle to find an answer to something very difficult yes. uh, on their own yes. than, than doing it when they're out in the actual world. That, so like that's that, one of my other know? sales. Yes, yeah. uh, one of the so we know in mental health. Um, actually, Scott Peck again. I guess today's Scott Peck Day. The road less traveled. Um, frustration tolerance, maybe one of the he he called it something. Delaying gratification is what he called it. Yeah. We call it frustration. To, it's the same concept basically. Um, the ability to delay. So one of the main reasons people do bad at complicated math is because they're anxious. Mm. And the best way to get rid of that anxiety is to be done with that problem. Mm -hmm. And to be done with that problem and cast it away becomes more important than it being correct. 
-hmm. Which is why us helping, which is actually why us helping um, um, our kids do math homework, it's cool that you're learning Algebra 2 again, but it's actually completely unnecessary. Um, you, could, you could go a route of teaching how to find the answers and some of that stuff. Now, you don't have to. It's cool that you're doing that. In fact, I'm, I've communicated to you privately that I'm very envious of you. You can go ask my clients. I bring up Algebra 2 all the time in counseling sessions because Algebra 2 is when I quit on believing that I was a learner mm -hmm. in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wasn't doing the work. That's all it was. I fell behind. Yeah. So real quick, we're just kind of rambling here about life, and I, but I want to ask you a question about math. Um, but real quick, it's called a grandma teacher mm -hmm. in, in sort of this philosophy. I don't totally understand it. But here's, and I read this somebody famous. I want to say Malcolm Gladwell in David and Goliath, but that could be wrong. But somebody like that tells this story. And you're going to fact check it. And I'm going to get some details wrong. Well, actually, if, if you know it, tell us. Yeah. Put it in the comments. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, who cares? So the gist was some university, I think from UK, um, goes to the slums in India, like slumdog millionaire mm -hmm. type place. Mm -hmm. Puts these computers in these kiosks, like in the public space where they're protected from the elements and you can't really damage them, but you can use them. They just leave them. Just walk away. The kids figured out within minutes how to turn them on, how to find these games that were sort of made hard to find and play these games and just got all into these computers. So then they start putting more challenging stuff on them and find that the kids naturally gravitate. Okay, so the kids who figured out how to turn them on and find the silly mm -hmm. games gravitated towards more complex and complicated games that were actually just learning hard stuff. Hmm. The kids, so they do all these variables, um, but the kids that came on like second wave, like heard about, hey, I found this, come do this, come do this. It wasn't Algebra 2, but let's say, come do this fun Algebra 2 game. And they're like, this sucks. I want to play the fun, silly game. And here's what they found. Those kids, the second wavers, never stopped being satisfied with the silly, pointless games. Isn't that weird? But the kids who discovered, well, this is how you turn it on. This is how you find the silly game and play it. This is how you do this, this. They got on that growth path and, and, and stayed addicted to that growth path. Hmm. The other ones who saw that them at this path saw that as intimidating, which they didn't admit, of course. They said, it's stupid. I don't want to learn that. So embraced the thing they could do mm -hmm. that they never got away from it. Well, mm -hmm. that could be studied to the nth degree, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, makes me think, you know, I need to challenge myself to be careful, you know, with some of the things that, you know, as a mental health professional, I was messing with my mic, sorry. Um, you know, it seems so natural to me because I've been practicing it. I, I want to be careful that, because if those kids that were doing that, you know, we wouldn't want them to be condescending. That might have been a part of it. They were condescending mm -hmm. to them. I don't know. Um, but, but anyway, here's the point of the grandma teachers. Um, then they got sneaky and they trained some locals, like, like older ladies, grandmas, mm -hmm. that the kids would know. They would respect, but as we've talked about, they would respect them, but they're not their parents, right? So they're not going to naturally sort of reject what yeah. dad says, right? It's like, well, granny's yeah. saying that. Let me listen. And, um, but they didn't train them in the subject matter. Mm -hmm. 
Because they, it would have been impossible. These were ladies from these slums. They didn't know anything except to do one thing. Encourage. And within a few weeks, if I remember this correctly, these kids had progressed to turning on the computers, playing silly games, playing more educational games within an extremely short amount of time. But then with the addition of the grandma teachers, the encouragers, these kids were outperforming university students from whatever university this was from. Let's say Cambridge. Mm -hmm. I'm just making that up, although I kind of think that might have been it. These slum kids who had only been using computers for a few weeks were outperforming uh, college students on quantum physics tests. I don't mm. even know what quantum physics actually is. I just know it's really hard stuff. I, mm. you, I, if you ask me what is quantum physics, I, would, I, would, I don't even know how to spell it. That's, <laughs> that's a good point. I get that P and the H and a Y messed up every time. I'm a, I, you, know, you know I can't spell psychology right ever. I'm a practitioner of psychology. That S and that C and that Y, man, it just... And it's I think weird. there might even be an H sometimes, but then not other times. Mm -hmm. Because when I put it, it says it's wrong. When I don't put it, it says it's wrong. It seems anyway. I know you definitely fact check me on that and prove me wrong. Um, but that encourager, mm -hmm. that encourager, mm -hmm. that encourager. Because the kids did hit a cap. So when they'd get mm -hmm. to the quantum physics without the grandma teacher, mm -hmm. by the way, I skipped this part. They would get so discouraged, they would go back to silly games. Mm. Right? And the point of this is this is what I see happen to kids. Um, staying in education. But, you know, there's a lot, of, or at least seems to me, this is going to be crazy, but I'm a 40-something man, and it seems like all the world is talking about is 40-something men. Go figure. Or maybe that's what I'm paying attention to, right? Um, um, I bet we could find a lot of 40-something men, though, that had experienced that trajectory. Success, 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 success. Let's go for the big dream disappointment, failure, but they don't go back to here. They go all the way back to here. And then they're just satisfied. That's natural and normal. It is not desirable, right? Natural and normal and desirable are two very different things. That's one yeah. of the main themes of, of uh, counseling. Mm -hmm. It's natural and normal to do the goofy things we do, um, not desirable. And we're bridging those gaps. So anyhow, I don't know how that came out all that. We're following rabbit trails. Yeah, um, absolutely. Here. That would be a good name. I might have just named this episode. Rabbit Trails. Rabbit Trails. Yeah. Because by the way, what's wrong with Rabbit Trails? We say that saying like there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Entrepreneurism can yeah. prove lots of world-changing revolutionary ideas were a rabbit trail. They were having a meeting about something. Some dude goes off on Randomville, and then it's like, mm -hmm. let's talk more about that. Let me right? ask you... Um, Another thing I've been and, fascinated know, with. Oh, I didn't ask. Yes, go ahead. But I still got to ask you about math. Is, um, well, why don't you do that first? And I won't lose it. Are you promise? Yeah. Okay. You said that you're sitting there and you don't want to just say, hey, two plus two is actually five or four. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I think I want to, I don't want to shortchange the process of yeah, what you're exactly. saying, but I, I want to do both. Yeah. I want to teach, but I also want her to kind of struggle. Yeah, exactly. But at the same, I want to do both at the same time. No, I do the same yeah, thing. No. So I'm sitting there being obscure like, well, you, you, you've made a mistake there. Um, 
But it could be a process error or arithmetic error. And how do you tell them, you know? And I would say like 98% of the time, my son is like this close to the answer. Yeah, exactly. And and, and by the way, this metaphor, direct, 99% of the time, couples seem like they are no chance. Mm. And when I'm listening to them, I'm like, Y'all, right y'all agree about the entire cosmos except mm-hmm. this much, and this is all you can look at, mm. right? Now, it's not that that's insignificant. In fact, right now, it's like the, all that matters, right? But, but can we, you know, so, but here's my question. So as you try to uh, suggestively get them to see this very simple mistake, does she get not, she's this close, mm-hmm. and she gets this close, does she get this much farther away, and this much farther away, and this much farther away, and you get frustrated and she gets this much farther away. Mm-hmm. And, and within a couple of minutes, yeah. have they like reinvented math? They think they're like in the ziggurats of like Mesopotamia, and now um, two plus two is like 439, and negatives don't exist. And does Olivia yeah. do that? Or is well, it just my kid? It, well, no, I think they all I mean, do. I mean, literally, there are a number of, new math. Yeah, I don't know about the. It, well, it's not. I wouldn't. I don't think I have the the one, but the invent. But I do get the because um, uh, she does have recorded lectures. It's a program we're in. So yeah. like when I I'm not actually the one teaching her up front, and that's why it's important for me to to learn it. It actually saves a lot of time because she does need help. And and you have a video and me others saying watch watch the lecture again doesn't work you know yeah like, because in my case you I'm know, like if I would have just said it's a positive not a negative yeah. we could be done with this math assignment but the problem you know, is I the thing is, is the ne- the next thing the next time you're gonna miss that same thing because of but, sloppiness right well and and so what I, what usually happens is um, I'm doing it the way they the, the you know the teacher taught it mm-hmm. you know and I was like. And here's the thing. It's actually exactly the same thing about going back to, is it Thomas Edison or... Some you know, really right? smart dude. Right? Yeah. She's right by saying the teacher taught it. But what I want to say is your, your, uh, your application of it is not... This is not the problem you apply okay. that to. So, because And so... But my thing is, is that it comes out emotional because I'm her dad. And so I often will... Where I... You know, because I have said, you know, hey, I want you to, you know, you need to, you know, I've come down on the, you know, more just you need to do it and work harder or whatever. Me too. Um, but it's not I typically, wrong, but... what I typically do now is I do it like actually we're, we're I'm reading the Lord of the Rings to, to my sons um, and watching the movies, the extended edition ones for the first time I've never seen. By the way, I had like 40 minutes to each movie. It's like crazy. It's really good. Cool. Did you so, purchase those on a format that you can share with me? By yes. The way? Yeah. I'll send you three links. Cool. <laughs> you didn't even know you were really asking that, but um, yeah, I own them. I own them. So um, the because uh, I've I've bought them all. I just now have put them where I can I can share them with my friend. Yeah. So um, yeah, we come from the day where it wasn't illegal to yeah. to let your friend borrow your tape. You came to my house and watched. Yeah, exactly. If you, I showed it to my house, it's no different. So yeah. I don't want to um, come to your house because it's kind of far away. Actually, I do want to come to your house see your yeah, homestead. Absolutely, anyway. we okay. want to have you all, yeah. you guys out. So. When uh, in the and everybody's seen this, if you've watched the first twenty minutes of the Lord of the Rings, and uh, Bilbo can't give up the ring because of the compulsion to keep it, and uh, Gandalf has to bow up and say, "You know, I'm not trying to harm you. Mm. I'm trying to help you." 
And so that's where I come as, you know, that, you know, and so, you know, I wear my hat and the beard. I'm just kidding. No, but I, um, but I, I basically say, I I oftentimes kind of say that actually, I actually say that line because then she laughs and then we're able to do math. Perfect. Um, because then that's, you know, using humor. So actually a lot of times I'll actually use the exact line because guess what? She also understands that scene and also saves me. Because I'm really, right now as a parent, uh, to tell you, I'm really anti-long lectures. Because honestly, wait a minute, I'm going to connect the dots here, and lecturing, I mean, what's that going to do? So instead, I'm going to I'm gonna appeal to her sensibilities instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just basically say, hey, I'm just trying to help you. I'm not trying to hurt you. And, and, and whether struggle, she accepts yeah. that or not is not your business. Yeah. But what I do say... Now, now right now, it yeah. sounds like she is, but there's going to be times there is, where she's not. not. Yeah. But, and, and, and I'll be honest, it doesn't always work that great. Sometimes, no. because actually, there, the, and most of the time when it doesn't, um, I just say, I'm going to let you sink or swim a little bit longer because I, I believe you're going to figure it out. And that's the, why that's you know, win-win. Um, because the thing is, is you know, as a kid, you know, if, if dad comes up and tells me the answer, I can move on to the next one. Well, and she'll do that every time. Every kid would. Sure. You know? Because here's what's perfect. You ask my marriage counseling couples or family counseling uh, people, sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll say, man, you know, I've got to have this, this terrible, harsh, whatever, this, you know, conversation I want to avoid with this person. And I'll say, well, if you know how to say um, to them, exactly what you needs to be said, what would you say? And, um, and they'll say it to me immediately. 30 seconds ago, they had no idea how to say it. And I just say, if you knew what to say, what would you say? And they'll say it one of two ways. They'll either say it perfect. And I'll just simply say, that's perfect. I, I can't imagine, mm-hmm. you know. Or they'll say it and they're upset and they're hurt or they're scared and it'll have some edge. And they'll say, so what do you think of what I said? So mm. the second choice is, I'll say, say exactly what you said mm-hmm. with some humor. Mm-hmm. With some humor. It's not the content that's the mm-hmm. problem. People don't generally react to content. Like that's the good news. Like when I heard that um, only like 8% of communication was the words we use, I was devastated. <laughs> because my body language and my tone can have problems. Uh, and I'm not, la- I'm not laughing yeah. at you. I'm laughing with you. Yes. No, I was no, devastated. But, yeah. but what's good about it is it means we have so much, you know, I know it's a cliche we don't like, you know, overused, but so we have so much low-hanging fruit because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's like, oh, so I just learned a couple of body language mm-hmm. things that's not hard at all. Tone mm-hmm. can be very difficult mm-hmm. for me. Hey everybody, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening and, and or watching if you're joining us on YouTube. We appreciate you being here. Uh, this was Rabbit Trails. I think that um, it's been my experience in the counseling world, in the spiritual world, in the policy world, um, the, the work that I do uh, in some different realms um, with mental health and conservation, that there comes a time a few meetings in where we do have the rabbit, rabbit trail period. And I guess this just turned out to be ours. So thanks for being here and we'll see you next time.